0: Before I begin my sermon today, I think I would be remiss if I did not say some, something about all of the praying and supporting you've given me over the last three years to be where I am now. Uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. So I don't want to say too much more, otherwise I'm afraid I'll choke up, uh, but uh, I just want to say how much <laughs> Uh, I really appreciate all the, all the help you've given me uh, these last three years. Uh, so, okay, talk louder. <laughs> all, right. Okay. all right, so I will try to talk louder. Uh, all right, so uh, let me uh, get to my sermon. Uh, in today's Gospel reading, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee to the land of the Gerasenes. This is a largely non-Jewish territory outside of Jesus' usual travels. One might say he is in enemy country. There he immediately encounters a demon-possessed man whose illness is so severe that he is bound with chains and shackles to prevent him from committing violent acts. The Gerizim demoniac lives alone outside the city of Gerasa because the city people are afraid of him and want to keep him as far away as possible. This man is so out of his mind that when Jesus speaks to him, he is talking to the demons who possess him rather than the man himself. In today's language, we might say the demoniac suffers from some form of acute psychosis. The demons who possess the Gerizim bargain with Jesus begging that they not be driven into the abyss, a place of confinement for demonic forces, but instead be allowed to enter a herd of pigs, animals ritually unclean under Mosaic law. This Jesus allows the demons to do, but ironically the pigs rush off the steep bank overlooking the Sea of Galilee and are drowned, sending the demons to the very abyss of which they are so afraid. The demons now having left The man who had formerly been possessed was now restored to his right mind. One might think this was a cause for celebration. A man who for a long time had been wild and out of control was now well. Jesus had healed him. This was good news indeed. But our text tells us something quite different. Quote, then the people came out to see what had happened and when they came to Jesus they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they were afraid. What's going on here? Why aren't the Gerizim celebrating? Why aren't they praising Jesus and thanking God for the deliverance of their fellow countrymen? Why are they afraid? Perhaps the Gerizimes are upset with Jesus because he destroyed a herd of their pigs. Perhaps the pigs are more important to the Gerasenes than the demoniac, perhaps. But if that's what's bothering them, one would expect the Gerasenes to present Jesus with a bill for the damage he had done to the local economy (laughs) and leave it at that. Instead, our text tells us, then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. What are they afraid of? That Jesus might kill all the rest of their pigs? I think not. What I think the Gerasenes are afraid of is that Jesus, through godly power, has made a major change in their lives and they wish things were the way they used to be. The Gerasenes are afraid of change, even change for the better. Jesus destroyed more than a herd of pigs Jesus destroyed the predictability which had governed their lives. The demoniac had been with them a long time. They were used to that. They were used to him howling and wailing, breaking his bonds and being driven into the wilds. That's just the way things were. Now he will return to his home and live amongst them. Who knows how that will go? What if he wants to marry someone's daughter? How will her family react to the prospect of a former demoniac in the family? (laughs) I'd like to introduce you to my son-in-law, the Gerasene demoniac. (laughs) Will the Gerasenes accept him as a full member of their community or will they hold his former life against him? What if he has a relapse? Isn't it just easier to leave him outside the city? I think we all prefer predictability to uncertainty even if if, even if it means the predictability of something we don't like. Even in a bad situation there's something almost comforting about knowing what to expect. Familiarity can be comfortable. When the Israelites are freed from their bondage in Egypt they are not always grateful for God's deliverance. Wandering in the wilderness for 40 years they often grumble yearning nostalgically for their past lives in Egypt, even though they had lived as slaves under Pharaoh. In the book of Exodus, we hear the Israelites lament, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Or in the book of Numbers, we hear, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Ah, slavery. Those were the good old days. (laughs) There is something scary about godly power. When we feel God telling us to do something new, to face a new reality, don't we all want to flee like Jonah and head in the opposite direction? Like the shepherds to whom the angels appeared at Jesus' birth, we are afraid. Like the disciples when Jesus calms the seas, we are afraid. Like the women at the empty tomb when the angels appear, we are afraid. There are realities we don't wish to acknowledge, we want them to go away. We want to turn back the clock and pretend things are still the way they used to be. We want the new reality to go away. But it won't go away. The demoniac is now in his right mind and we're going to have to deal with him. As the Gerasenes told Jesus to go away, we can tell the demoniac to go away, but he isn't going away. He's here and he's going to stay. He's taken up residence in the middle of our lives and we're going to have to deal with him. We can deny he's here, but he is. So what do we do? What do we do? What we can do is overcome our fear of change by trusting in God's guidance. Just as Mary overcomes her doubts when the angel Gabriel appears to her announcing the Incarnation. Like Mary, we can respond to God's call by saying, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Or, as Samuel says when God calls him, Speak, for your servant is listening. We should heed the advice of Ecclesiastes. Do not say, Why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Jesus is telling the Gerasenes, and he is telling us, do not cling to the past. Do not cling to the predictability of yesterday when a different but better future lies ahead. We need to trust in God to lead us out of the wilderness of our lives and into a new and better life with God at its center, a future in which we are empowered to do things we haven't done before. A future in which we take the initiative in doing God's work rather than waiting for someone else to tell us what to do. A future in which we invent new ministries and do not give up just because some naysayers say we won't succeed. A future in which we welcome change. We need faith to trust in a new future, to trust that God will guide us from the slavery of Pharaoh to the freedom of a new life, a resurrected life, in which together we fully become the people God wants us to be. So what I hope we learn from the story of the Jerezene demoniac is that we should welcome the change that God brings to our lives. As God's people, we should face the future with excitement at the possibilities that God provides us to build his kingdom. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. As Bishop Curry has said, God loves us as we are, but he's not finished with us. So let us continue the good work which God has begun in us and trust in his goodness to guide us into the way of justice and truth. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.